building. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask. I didn't want to hit on something depressing right away, but. I mean, it's, I cried every day, so I didn't cry today, but I have cried every day. Yeah. Last, last night I almost didn't, but when the Nets game started, um, they showed like they had two chairs with flowers on them open mm. the whole game, which is the which is um, a month ago when Kobe and Gianna were at the at the game. That famous shot of him teaching her it was those two seats. So when they showed that, I was just like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just rip your damn heart out, man. I was just saying. I mean, you know how I felt about him. Yeah, you know he was. Yeah, I mean, I was. I was just. You you always argued for him over LeBron, right? He's my one A. Penny Hard. Like I wrote a thing like Penny is my favorite player, but I have a thousand more memories of Kobe because of his career. Right. You know, and I was at Sam's Children's Theater Company show, and my phone's blown up. But as soon as it was over, having a great day, I look and immediately, I like I start tingling everywhere. Yeah. It was so weird. I'm just like, what? And then I'm like, I'm, everything just like, like in a movie where everything just goes, boom, just mm. like stops, you know? And I'm looking around and I find Sam's like, what's the matter? I'm like, I think Kobe just died. Oh, good. Like, what? Yeah. And then, and then anyway, we stayed out, we went to dinner, but I'm, I'm not even here mentally. And the whole time I'm just like, oh my God, it's real <laughs> for mm. hours, you know, get home. And I just fucking lost it. Um, it's like I'm I'm staring at the words on the screen and like I'm like it doesn't make sense like it doesn't look right like it, it, because it you're doesn't, completely unprepared for it yeah it's, it's 40, it doesn't one years old it's such a shock like yeah still I think that it doesn't see I'm still half expecting to like punch his hands through the rubble and be like I'm okay you know like <laughs> if anybody if anybody could it would be him uh huh but. The, the uh, Batman versus Superman ending. Yes. Yeah. But it's uh, still so friggin' weird, man. Like. Yeah. It, again, because it's it's so out of the blue, and and he seemed so vibrant as a person too. Uh, not just in terms of you know it's he's only a few years removed from his playing career, but someone who was clearly so involved in he was the NBA. so much. Yeah. yeah. Daughters' lives and. He had and so much to do. I'm, I'm just learning about how much he was promoting women's basketball. Uh, uh-huh. So someone who was trying to keep up with where the times were going, yeah. which is something you rarely see out of any retired athletes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's I, I you know, coming to, to it from someone who's obviously aware of Kobe and his impact, but still a casual basketball fan. Uh, I knew he was a star. I didn't really realize the impact he had on so many people and so many fans until this moment, sadly, uh, yeah. seeing the, the outpouring everywhere. Like you yeah. think, yeah, this is somebody that everybody knew. So, and it's being taken in the most tragic way possible. So of course there's going to be a national story about it, but, uh, to the degree it's been, uh, and the d- degree of emotion evolved in it, I think has, has really, struck me as oh man that this is this is not just a basketball star but somebody who he's yeah he's one of the most 10 most famous people on the planet probably yeah especially like, with who, basketball's popularity in china and it's overseas. a nor- like everybody knows him you know and I'm, I'm i'm laughing at myself as i'm crying this week and like in front of sam and she's like i'm like it's so stupid she goes it's not stupid you've talked about this man every day since i've known you mm-hmm. like he meant a lot to you like yeah I understand it's an athlete and sports is stupid, blah, blah, blah. But like he meant a lot. Like I've, I freaking worship this dude. He was, there's oh. nobody funner to watch than him for the past literally 20 years of my half my life. Yeah. Well, well, sports is about making that emotional connection to somebody you don't know who yeah. nonetheless is that level of entertaining and amazing to watch. And somebody who kind of gets to that level of athletic brilliance and transcendence uh, that if you have an appreciation, especially for just the game in general that he's playing, it yes. does touch something deep inside you. And I certainly am familiar with that with, with guys that yeah. love to watch. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, on Bill Simmons podcast the other day, sorry, can we cross promote podcast? Uh, he mentioned <laughs> uh, with J.A. Adande, he's just like, I wonder what Kobe would think about all this. That's the irony of when someone famous dies, like they don't, 
get to see this? Like, oh, yeah. it's, what would he think? The, the classic, uh, almost cliche at this point of uh, the things you say at someone's wake, you find you wish you said to them when they were alive. Yeah. Uh, and uh, doubly tragic with Kobe is the realization that no one had any, any idea that you'd be saying these things at his wake or funeral at, at 41 years old. He was and, supposed to, he was supposed to be old and live to, he figure out one way to live to 150. He'd be the guy to figure it out somehow and tell death. I'm not ready. You know, like, yeah. And that, that's what you want out of all, all your sports legends are the guys to just keep going. And even when you see them at 70 and 80 years old and their bodies are, you know, you know, shells of their former selves, you still see that that, res, that faint resemblance to who they were in their prime. And it, it still takes you back. That, yeah. uh, like, you know, one of my favorite players of all time, and I've done a full podcast episode on him a few episodes ago, is Ted Williams, the old Red Sox hitting great. And you, you looked at videos, like even after he'd been felled by strokes in his late 70s. Yeah any interview with him, he still had that sound of just, this is Ted Williams and there is still so much damn life in him. And, and that's what you want out of guys yeah. whose careers are kind of a celebration of what you can achieve with that much life. You know, I mean, Bill Russell's been a hundred since I've been born. He's yeah. still walking around. Like, it's like, he's still kicking around, you know, it's, it looks Russell just like has, he did back then. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Russell has that permanent wizened elder face that <laughs> yes. you just look at him and think this guy is about to say something really important and I better shut the hell up and listen. Yeah. That, what, that's, that was supposed to be Kobe, man. Like yeah. it's, it's still, I don't know when it, I guess the funeral, I'm sure it's going to be televised, which is going to be an, another nightmare, but oh, God. that's when it's going to, I guess, officially be like, yeah, it's, this happened, you know, like he still does, it still doesn't like, I'm like, no, he's supposed to, he's still around. Like, it's weird. I, I, it's funny because I told I told my wife I'm like, please do not go on eBay and overpay for Kobe stuff right now because I'm sure people are jacking up. Like I don't. I have a signed ball. I have a hat. I don't have a lot of Kobe stuff actually, I, which is weird because I have a lot of penny stuff. But I never really collected Kobe stuff because I again, who knew this was going to happen? Right. You know, he's been my favorite player for 20 years, um, but I didn't. Never got around to <laughs> collecting anything of him, cards or yeah. anything well, like that. I, I would figure that once the ghouls have made their profits off of tragedy, <laughs> at, at some points it will go back to you know reasonable, uh, yeah. get some Kobe memorabilia. And from here on out, I'm sure the Lakers are going to be selling Kobe Memorial jerseys yeah. till the end of the NBA as we know it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what, why did he have two numbers? What was the, the deal with 8 and 24? What was the actual reason? He was 24, then 8, he, uh, 8 24. He just, um, I feel like I should know this more. I just forget why he changed it. Yeah, I, I only uh, know because uh, when yeah. they were showing clips of teams deliberately taking the 24-second violation and then people, Which was honestly brilliant, I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If if you're doing an action on the court and you see that right there, uh, I think there's really making the game come to a stop so that we can all acknowledge and using that symbol of him, it's it's brilliant, as you said. Yeah, it's I, I don't know who came up with it, but uh, yeah, whoever did, it's it's a stroke of genius on, on there. It's such a simple, perfect thing. Yeah, there's a 24 second violation and an eight second violation, and it's just yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good, good opening, good soft yeah. opening. All right, so uh, yeah, for comedy <laughs> baseball podcast, we're gonna talk the most tragic basketball event uh, of this month, pretty much literally ever. ever. Uh, so uh, yeah, I guess should I open the show at this point? Why not? It's it's a very special episode. We'll say that <laughs> of, uh, the Three Strikes You're Out podcast, part of the Outsports Podcast Network. My name is Ken Schultz. I am uh, the host of Three Strikes You're Out. This is episode number 13, the Omar Vizquel episode. Uh, I am contributing writer to Outsports, Baseball Prospectus, Cubs Den, and still purveyor of the funny things on stage on occasion. The other voice you are hearing on this podcast, it's, it is a very special, as I say, Three Strikes You're Out. One of my old comedy pals from New York, Brian McGinnis. Hey. Is my guest. Thank you for joining me, Brian. Thank it you is for having me. 
Yes, Brian is co-host of the Playable Characters podcast, along with our good friend Calvin Cato. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, rivalry. Uh, that, that's really what Outsports exists, to tear your podcast apart, as if you were Tommy Wiseau. Uh, and the, the podcast that brings to life your favorite video game characters. Did they get the yes. mod, but anywhere close to, to right there? Funny interviews with real video game characters. But I like how you said it, too. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've uh, done it twice. You played uh, you, yeah. you played a, re a rejected Tetris piece and uh, the rapping Nintendo kid from the commercials back in the 80s. Two the stellar. Was, the parts really? I was born to play, yes. It's any, anything that yeah, calls to mind, 1985, I think, is, is right <laughs> in my wheelhouse. Uh, Brian is also the Robitussin bearer that you might have seen on TV <laughs> every now and again, popping yeah. into a house window. And uh, Brian also rocked Wheel of Fortune. How many years ago? Three or four yeah, at this point? That was, that was like 2013, actually. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. A while ago. Yeah, man. That and, was fun. Uh, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at at Laugh at Brian. And yeah. uh, so the reason I brought you on, sir, because this is a baseball podcast. and My you, favorite. Uh, <laughs> to my knowledge, are uh, maybe the, the biggest baseball hater of all my good friends. Uh, but we have <laughs> another sport that is having its championship game this week. And, uh, yeah, so as a football fan, uh, who should I root for between this rematch of the 2014 World Series when the Giants took, it, took out the Royals in seven on the back of Madison Bumgarner's Game 7 thrilling performance out of the bullpen? Oh, my. I don't understand half of those words. Anything to you. I don't understand half of those words. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, it's going to be a good game. I don't care who wins, and that's actually a good way to go into the Super Bowl if you don't have a – a dog in this fight, as they say, because you can actually enjoy the game yeah. and not like go unless you put money on it, obviously. <laughs> but um, what you're telling me is to bet next month's rent. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I feel like people are going to say the Niners have a great defense. They do. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, who I think people forgot how good he was because he was out for like four or five weeks this season. When he came back, we're like, oh, right. He's incredible. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, if you saw that run he did in the game two weeks ago, mm -hmm. where he got 20, it was like, some, like he's, he's so good at, he's so young. First of all, he's so good at remaining cool and collected under the pressure. Like he shouldn't be that good and calm at his age. Um, he's got a cannon for an arm. He's super fast. He can, you know, juke away from anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's going to be good. And Niners have a great defense, but, Garoppolo, the most handsome man in sports, <laughs> only he throws like six times a game sometimes. So it's like you can't – you got to put up points to score on the Chiefs. So, so he, he relies on blinding the defense with his smile and then basically handing it off to guys who can then bust through the holes? That's, yeah. That's, so it's, it's going to be really interesting to see that how different – that's the cool thing about that football. Like – it's so it's usually very different teams. I, I like the contrast. It's like, oh, it's a good defense versus offense. And this is a very great example of that, I think, because the, the Chiefs have an amazing offense. Um, and Niners have a great defense. So, But I think, yes, defense wins, blah, blah, blah. But you got to score. And even great defenses can't really hold the homes down. So it should be interesting. But it, the way this season went, who the heck knows what's going to happen because <laughs> – I mean, honestly, like you, you, you can bet 10 games and lose 10 different times or the exact same thing next week. And the complete opposite happens because like, you never have no idea what's going to happen. Um, anybody can win. So I hope it's just a fun game. I hope it's like a close game to the fourth quarter. That's always good. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to it. So. Yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah. Defense wins championships is the cliche as it is in right. most sports. But it seems like the NFL, again, to my very casual fan knowledge, is set up to make passing like the most important thing you can do on either side of the football now. It's like it's like it's like the three point shot now in basketball. It's like yeah. you got to pass. Uh, you got to you got to throw the ball down the field or yeah, you got to put a point or you got to shoot threes. Even if you're a center, you got to shoot threes, which is ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a passing league now. You know, there's a couple of good running backs, like really good ones. But overall, like when you see the a 50 yard bomb, it's it's exciting. You know, that's, oh, what, that's what people there. That's what people there to see. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. At some point, the league figured out that that's the thing that thrills people the most. So they decided, let's try to tilt things so we can have that happen more often than ever before. 
which yes. is entirely understandable. Makes sense. And so, <laughs> oh, you guys, you guys like this passing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you like exciting things happening in your sport as opposed to the two-yard run uh, that ends yeah. up scrum in the middle of the field. And also, I found this season the hardest to watch in football. It's just I'm sitting there watching a Giants game, and it's like not because I'm a Giants fan, but just because. Like the games are four freaking hours sometimes, and it's yeah. like I got stuff to do. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's my entire Sunday. I feel <laughs> like it's just like it's ruined because from one to four something, that's a whole day. It's like I just been sitting here watching this dumb game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to move quicker, man. That's what we'll get into later with why I don't like baseball. But yeah. it's yeah. just like it's a it's a it's a grind watching some of these games. Like got to be really invested, I think, to yeah. watch. Is is that like? typical now for for most football games because because baseball it's the length time of game is lengthening but you can still have like different types of games where there are some where both pitchers are just dealing strikes and they go long and all of a sudden like two hours later and you're in the ninth inning uh yeah do do football games have that variance too where every so often you'll find one that just zips by like that Hardly ever. I think it's it's all it's all the timeouts, it's all the injuries, it's yeah. all the replays, the stoppage, all that stuff, and it just takes forever sometimes. Like sometimes the first quarter will fly by. Oh, oh cool, and then second quarter, then like that that second half is usually just like two hours long, two and a half hours long. Sometimes yeah. you're like, what have I been doing in my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got I got I to shave again. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and for people that. that complain that baseball is slow and there are definitely games that are, yeah. uh, but they do it oftentimes from the perspective of a sport where you have occasionally 15 to 20 minutes of replay time followed by debate on the field as to what exactly constitutes a catch. And then sometimes more replay or it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Like, like and the NBA now too, I, I hate when the NBA stops for five, six, seven minutes mm-hmm. for one play. They, they brag about the Secaucus replay center <laughs> and it's like, we can see it on TV clear as day. Mm-hmm. Why, why are these professional refs still staring at this monitor for seven minutes? Like, isn't, don't you know what happened? Like, yeah. So things like that. Like, I wish you, I wish it was faster for everything. Right. I, I, I just don't have time. I don't have patience for this anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, uh, it, it seems like, we're, we're still trying to fight, I think, in all sports, that trade-off between how much time you're willing to devote to a given replay versus do you want to just get rid of it and then accept awful fuck-ups on the field? Like last year's right. Saints game, I guess? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Either. That's there's deciding. So much, there's so much error, too. And it's just like, how do they get these wrong all the time still? Mm-hmm. Like, it seems weird. Like, I understand in the, in the moment, it could be fast, but that's why you look at the replay so many times and then they still get it wrong sometimes. Yeah. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you, this looks rigged. <laughs> it clearly looks rigged mm-hmm. if you're not calling that the right way. So, yeah, the whole thing, like, what's a catch? What isn't a catch? It's just, like, enough already. These guys yeah. jump in the air and fall down. Give them the catch. <laughs> Give oh. it to them, you know? What, what else are we watching football for other than semantic debate? Right. I dig about it most. Yeah, well, they, have, they, they do have a CNN ten-person pregame <laughs> show lineup. So, yeah. We now go live to Chris Saliza, who is somehow going to take both sides of this catch debate. <laughs> Argue with himself. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see those Skid Bayless arguing with Skid Bayless videos? No, but that sounds awesome. Uh, people edit them like he. he <laughs> He'll be like, LeBron stinks, and then he'll be like, No, he doesn't. He's the best. Like back and forth, <laughs> like, actual Skid Bayless clips of him it's the best yeah look him up later it's yeah. so fun skip bayless it really doesn't matter what he's saying as long as it's the hottest possible take and yes. gets people angry with him that that seems to be the yeah. the gimmick he settled on for himself many years ago Terrible. which i mean you make a lot of money when you die inside so i guess good on you yeah yeah uh so yeah. what you're saying to me then it, it it sounds like in a passing league that even with the impressive defense of the Niners that Patrick Mahomes sounds like he is the much bigger advantage than like a Jimmy Garoppolo does. You've heard it here first. Patrick Mahomes is great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to say the chiefs are going to win. I think, I don't know anything, but mm-hmm. it seems like it. They both have great, um, uh, tight ends, you mm-hmm. know, um, 
with uh, Kelsey and um, uh, what's his face? Um, Can't help you there. Sorry, I'm, I'm, drawing, I'm drawing a blank again. But uh, <laughs> so you know, they they both have really good people on both sides, both teams. Even mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kittle, George Kittle on okay. the Niners, he's a tight end. So nice. both tight ends are great on, mm-hmm. on both teams. You know, uh, and these guys usually come up big in games like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just going to be whoever. Whoever's feeling it, that's kind of what football is like. Whoever's feeling it that day, I feel like has a huge advantage a lot of times because, mm-hmm. and these teams haven't played, keep in mind, in two weeks. Yeah. So that could be a factor, I don't know, um, for some. Not, not for Mahomes, though. Right. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I got to say, Patrick Mahomes, for a failed 37th round pick of the D- Detroit Tigers, he's done pretty well for himself. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it up today. That did not. Uh, hold 20- on, hold on. 37 rounds? Yeah, I don't think the draft has that many anymore. We can curse on this podcast, right? Yeah, curse away. What the fuck? <laughs> Why know, 37? Because Mike Piazza, you know him? Does that name mean anything? Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, he uh, won Rookie of the Year, uh, is now a Hall of Fame catcher. Yep. He was, you want to take a venture, a guess, as to what round he was chosen in? Oh, God, 58. 62. So you're pretty close, yeah. Yeah. There's two in the NBA. There's two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because back then that was, I guess, part of the baseball draft is it was such a crapshoot that occasionally you would find someone in a super late round who would discover something in the minor leagues or like Mahomes, I assume, was drafted as a pitcher because his dad was a pitcher. So they thought, hey, he's got a good arm. He's got good good radar gun readings. That if we signed him, maybe we could follow, draft and follow, and then see if we can develop a secondary pitch. And then all of a sudden, you've got to shut down a reliever. Uh, so that's 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 part of the thinking. But yeah, it's Piazza baseball. Was what round? 60, what? Piazza was 62nd. And it, that was a favor to Tommy Lasorda, the manager of the Dodgers, who was also did I get God. a Did I get a letter in the mail saying I was drafted? How do you uh, go 67 rounds? You shouldn't have thrown it away if you got MLB letterhead. I, I <laughs> definitely threw it out. Support, but uh, yeah, we do have guys who keep an eye on you. So. Oh my god! Yeah, that's I had no idea. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And his dad, wow. as I mentioned, was a pitcher in the big leagues. Yeah, at uh, very like replacement level. Like he was below replacement level for his career, but bounced around for eleven years in the big leagues. And that's I mean, you're doing something if teams are still employing you after that long. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's uh, not a bad connection for for old Patrick and and uh, coming at it from a Chicago perspective, uh, Patrick Mahomes I think exists for us as a city just to remind us that the Bears can never have nice things. No, it, uh, and that yeah, hope you enjoy Mitch Trubisky for however long you have him. It's, Probably two more years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and here's the thing too. So Jimmy is down in Miami, the Super Bowl. So. I'm sure he's getting laid left and right. Mahomes is an ugly dude, so he's not getting anything on me. Uh-huh. He's studying the playbook. He's training hard. Jimmy's <laughs> gonna be Jimmy's gonna be tired on Sunday. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh the, the eighty five Bears uh were famous for like just conducting this rebirth of Gamora during Super Bowl week in New Orleans because they were already a hard partying team even before Super Bowl. And then when it turned out the Super Bowl was was in New Orleans that year, like they just went insane. Like there, I guess there are old news clips of Jim McMahon mooning helicopters, cameras up above and things like that. And they scored 46 points in the Patriots and destroyed them. So, yeah. Back back when you could do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did uh, the New York Giants ever have a Super Bowl song like the Bears did? I don't think so. Because I can, even today, 30 years down the road, I can give you at least the first two verses of Super Bowl <laughs> shuffle verbatim yeah. memory. Like, it is yeah. ingrained in Chicago's DNA. Uh, by all means. Yes. Well, they call me sweetness, and I like to dance. Running the ball is like making romance. We've had the goal since training camp to give Chicago a Super Bowl champ. Now, we're not doing this because we're greedy. The Bears are doing this to feed the needy. We didn't come here looking for trouble. We just came here to do the Super Bowl shuffle. And believe it or not, I rapped better than Walter Payton just did. That was, well, yeah, that was pretty good right there. Yeah. And the yeah. Giants song is just, uh, ha ha, Brady, we did it again. Ha ha, Brady. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oops. Yeah. That'd be good. Oops. We did it again. Is there some element in, uh, I, 
I keep forcing myself not to call him Janine Garoppolo. Uh, there's some <laughs> element of when Jimmy Garoppolo making it this far to the Super Bowl of just kind of it being sweet that he is there and Belichick and the Patriots are not. If he wins, he's going to get his third ring. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah. Almost nobody has that. And he was the backup, obviously, twice mm-hmm. when they won. But for him to have a three rings potentially is kind of nuts. Um, yeah. Belichick still is probably excited for him, I bet. Because he actually wanted to keep Garoppolo. Hmm. But an old hand job crap didn't want to keep him. <laughs> um, he wanted to keep Brady. So Belichick is still kind of Belichick's guy in a way. So there's still definitely some uh, some sense of Belichick in the oh. Super Bowl in a way. Uh, it's cool that he made it's, it's, hand job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, should be. It's, it's, it's cool. Favorite flavor of mac and cheese, but <laughs> Come on, it's people. cool. It's cool that he made it because like Niners were terrible. Mm-hmm. They get they get him. He kept winning, and then then he he went out with an injury. I think they didn't win a single game. He came back. They won all their games. So it's like. He's clearly good, but he's definitely a more of a game manager type of thing, which I hate that term, but it's true. Um, he's obviously a good quarterback. Um, Mahomes is just like a different level of quarterback, you know. Um, he's got that Mike Vick type, like, whoa, like wow factor stuff that he does, you know. Um, the positive, whoa, Mike yeah. Vick. Not, not the, not the, oh, what are you dogs he killed today, factor? What are you doing? Put it down. Not wow, that. where is your humanity? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's exciting to watch, you know, like me coming from the house of Eli Manning, who is not the most exciting man, but he's the most beautiful man in the world. (laughs) Um, you know, he, he's, he just stays there and throws and does well, but Mahomes is all over the place. And it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to watch and watch him do his thing. Yeah. Well, in terms of, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think we can agree. It is nice to finally see the most handsome man in football have something go his way. It's It's about time. I'm sure he had a rough high school. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a really hard time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so another figure on the 49ers, and this is one I know more than most of the players, uh, especially huge on Outsports the past couple of weeks that we've been running yeah. stories on her, uh, Katie Sowers, first mm-hmm. uh, woman to coach in the Super Bowl in NFL history, also first LGBT figure to coach in the Super Bowl in NFL history, uh, first out one anyway, as, as far yeah. as we know. Uh and Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin, big Q, big Q. <laughs> yeah, no one knew that. That would be amazing. If, if, <laughs> how old is he at this point? Is he in his seventies? At least. Yeah, like he was born seventy. How many like hard scrabble old New York football Giants fans' minds would just get completely exploded? It, I'm, it, I'm tearing up my season tickets. <laughs> <laughs> this year, when he plays in Green Bay, instead of red, his face is going to turn rainbow colors. <laughs> but yeah. uh, as a football fan, uh, what does this mean to you to, to like see that your sport is taking this giant leap for inclusion on two fronts, not just not just for, for women, but for the LGBTQ and sports community. I think it's, it's an amazing thing to, to knock down two barriers in one yeah. person like that. Yeah. I feel like they didn't really do Maybe because they're obviously out, not in this, not in the, in, in the New York market. So we don't hear about it as much. I obviously did hear about it throughout the season. Like, um, <clears throat> Becky Hammond is a Spurs assistant coach, uh, who was a WMA player. And yeah. People think she's probably the first female head coach soon of the NBA, and she's uh, she's been out in the limelight for a while. Not out, I just mean like you know front and center. Popovich puts her out there like, hey, look, she's she's actually legit at what she does. So it is cool to see. Um, yeah, the fact that that Sowers is doing this, I think, is it's awesome, and it's like there's got to be more. You'd you you'd say it's crazy that there's still just one possibly. Right. Out of all of this, every team has what forty-five coaches. For, you know, yeah. Every skill position, every this, every that, and they have so many coaches. Um, most of them are big, fat white men. I get it, but <laughs> you, you'd think you'd think a couple strong women would want to get in there too. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, it does allow more to be like, oh, wait, I can apply for this job too. I thought it was a dudes' club, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it, it's only a good thing, you know. Yeah, and I, it's even it's even better if, if, like you said, these hard grizzled football fans are mad at it. It, it, it makes it even better. Yeah, if if you make the right people mad, it is the best possible thing. And to your point uh, with that, I think that 
because you always have to have like one barrier breaker for some reason in all sports. It has to be one figure that shows everybody how it's done because teams are always scared that this is going to somehow get in the way of winning or their bottom line. And so you have to have like a Katie Sowers who goes out there and shows that these, you know, big, tough football men that she coaches are perfectly fine with listening to coaching from a woman because she knows her shit. Just know your shit. That's yeah, it. football players respect people who know their shit, and that goes that's for true. any sport. Yep. And uh, and that's it's you always have to have a f- one person who shows that, and then the rest of the league goes, oh, okay, yeah, somehow this isn't going to end our profit train, yeah. and then she ends up opening the doors for so many people who want to follow in her wake. Uh, there's there's one thing I wanted to note from uh, one of the stories that we ran on her this past week uh, that just kind of makes like her story even more cool and special to me that uh, 10 years ago um, she, after graduating, she went to a, uh, a Christian school in Indiana called, I think it's Goshen college is how they pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And after she graduated, she wanted to volunteer to become a coach on their girls basketball team, their women's basketball team. And she was a player. So they were consider- considering her strongly, but then at some point, the head coach of the program told her we can't come on board because she was also out. She was mm-hmm. an out lesbian at that time as well. And because it was a Christian school, apparently a number of parents of the players didn't want their players to be around an out lesbian. Right. Uh, just worried that it would, it would rub off on them somehow or something like that. Well, yeah, It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she was told that, uh, that parents would worry about their daughter being around a quote unquote gay person. Mm -hmm. And so she couldn't get the job that she wasn't going to get paid for, uh, Mm -hmm. from, from her alma mater. And now 10 years later, she is in the biggest sporting event on the planet. Yep. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. I love that. I I love that stupid ass logic where it's like, Oh, this woman, but Jerry Sandusky's fine. He's a nice old white man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do do you know the saints story going on right now? The, the, yeah, I've seen that. Is it Saints ownership? Um, Dude, this is the Catholic Church. This should be a freaking national. This is huge. They're covering oh. it up. So they were helping the church cover for pedophiles, basically. Mm-hmm. And like, it's kind of like getting swept under the rug. And this is like, no, 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 no. Can we please make this a huge story? This is yeah. fucking disgusting. Yeah. I mean, that, and that, they're helping to cover it up. Straight what? up evil. Yeah. It's evil. It's straight up evil. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and as uh, I think it was uh, Charlie Pierce, the great Esquire writer, pointed out that, uh, yeah, the, the fact that it is the New Orleans Saints that mm-hmm. are the team that is, is trying to, to push this cover up just That's is great. that extra level of irony that makes you just almost finger kiss it like that. Drew, and Drew Brees, not that he's involved in this, but he was involved in that big, like, um, uh, multi uh, multi level marketing scam thing. Remember this a couple years ago? Like I don't remember this. I, he was I, like the head of it. He was like the face of this thing. Geez. They had him, and it, and people would lose their houses, their cars, their, their livelihood, everything because they would go broke. It's one of the, it's one of those awful pyramid mm-hmm. scheme things. Clear wow. as day, but he was like they used him, and he was like fine with it. It's just like you piece of shit. Uh-huh. Like well, you can't. and now this, and it's just like yeah. How many strikes do you get? My God. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> We did uh, a piece on Breeze, Drew Brees this year because he was making, I think it was a promotional video for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes oh, who yeah. uh, are not so fond of gay people just in general. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, this got pointed out to him and and he got mad at a press conference. It was like, oh, I, I didn't know about that. I, this is just I'm trying to to re- profess my faith. And, and just maybe, took maybe don't, Drew. Maybe don't, yeah. Drew. <laughs> Loser. Uh, <laughs> so in in the wake of, of katie sowers to take it back yeah. to the positivity train for a second because yes. there is positivity in the sports Definitely. world uh i did i wrote a piece a couple weeks ago for out sports uh, uh you know and football is by nature obviously a conservative sport baseball is a very conservative sport yeah. but even they have finally got on gotten on board uh a bit of the diversity and inclusion train uh the san francisco giants just announced that they've hired uh, a woman named Alyssa Nakin as the first full-time female on-field coach in MLB history. It's amazing to me that the barrier breakers are happening, and oddly enough, they're both in San Francisco. <laughs> what a cliche. Yeah, uh, obviously. 
<laughs> but if, if you're going to, I guess, test the waters, especially with fan bases that are willing to go along with it, it makes sense that, that you try, try it there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, NBA's had a bunch of women referees for a while, too, yes. which is nice. It's, it's like sometimes it's even still jarring to see, but in a good way. You're like, oh, that's right. Like they can yeah. referee. They can mess. They can miss calls just as good as the stupid old men. <laughs> you know, I, I, mean? I, I believe that we've truly broken through the glass ceiling. When we finally have a referee taking money from gamblers to throw games. Seriously, come on, women, where are you? Yes. Bet on these games. Yeah. Yeah. So she's on the field, like, telling people, doing the signs and everything like she that. She won't be one of the base coaches. She is uh, – the Giants hired, like, 12 coaches, which is, like, way more than most teams usually have. So she's going to be on the field during batting practice, I think, mostly. And then um, – kind of running a lot of pregame stretches. And I guess they, they said she's coordinating a lot of the drills to kind of streamline them, to make them, I guess, as athletically efficient as possible. That's that's going to be like what her charge is. But she will be on field in a uniform before every game, and people are going to see her wearing a Giants uniform and throwing BP. And, I mean, that's never been seen before in baseball history, and that's great. She said 12 coaches. What What round was she drafted in? i would say 254th (laughs) so how many players get drafted then um well you're stocking entire minor leagues so oh yeah i mean everybody that gets drafted in baseball (laughs) you're really special you go to some level of the minors so yeah there are i would say geez a couple thousand Something like that. <laughs> Football's two fifty five at two twenty five. Yeah, that's so much. That's so crazy. How, yeah. how did Piazza, how did Piazza, who turned out to be like you said, the Hall of Fame, how did he slip that low? Um, it was partly because he never had a position, so um, people just never looked at him as a baseball player. That he apparently had hitting skills. Like his dad would hire like Ted Williams, my guy, to be his hitting coach because they were like a super rich connected family. But he never, like, fit anywhere on the diamond. So I think that was part of it. Uh, like, he only picked up catching because the Dodgers told him, hey, we have space at catcher and we got to put you somewhere. So hey, can, you catch, can you catch this? Yeah, which also <laughs> just happens to be, like, the most important defensive position in the field. But, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, I, think, um, I think my family, I think they're huge Piazza fans. They were mm-hmm. uh, back then. So that's why I know him pretty well. I know he 500th round, whatever. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Your family are Mets fans, right? <laughs> they are. Yeah, and you used to go to Mets games. As... <laughs> yeah, I've been to a ton yeah. of Mets games. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen you. I throwback Thursday picks you used to post on Insta that occasionally you throw throw up like a picture that eight year old Brian McGinnis drew of this. Uh, yesterday we went to Shea Stadium. I had I fun. S- it was great. I sang at uh, Shea Stadium in third sang grade. At stadium. Tell me this story, please. Okay, so, yeah, this was back. I was a fan of the Mets in 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, which is like, I guess, the last time they were good, right? Yeah, really the uh, best time to be a fan of the Mets. Yeah, I, which, I didn't know any better. I was a dumb kid uh, until I got smart. No, so my Miss <laughs> Bieber, my third grade teacher, her daughter. Justin's mother? Yes, worked for the Mets, or like PR or something. And every year, Miss Bieber's class would go and get to sing the national anthem. So uh, we practiced with Miss Drancite, our music teacher, every week, and we went and sang. And I barely remember it. I I, I kind of remember walking out on the field. I was like, I guess eight, eight or nine. Um, I guess it was fun back. Then. I don't know. <laughs> so, is there is there a chance of going on the field to sing the national anthem, especially in like 1980s Queens, that you get booed off the field unmercifully? <laughs> I, I got hit in the head. <laughs> I, I think they were like, oh, fine, let's be nice to the kids. Uh-huh. Let's, let's clap for them, you know. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I remember back the Daryl Strawberry days, Lenny Dykstra. Oh, yeah. George yeah. Foster. Yeah. Mookie. Yeah, hated around baseball everywhere outside of New York because that was, that was a Because they, they were good? Yeah, they were good. They were great. Because they were black. Which, which yeah, I'm sure that was definitely part of it. <laughs> Uh, they rubbed it in your face how good they were. Like you, you knew they, they would tell you, especially in an era where you baseball players were expected to shut up when they were off the field. Like that was yeah. that was the big, rigid, enforce the respect for the game code era. That's uh, like the night. It's like the nineties. Next, they weren't good, but 
they were tough and they beat everybody up because yep. they were just so much tougher than everybody. But they could, they were eight, they had the eighth seed most of the time, you know. But uh, similar, it was like the Mets actually backed it up by winning. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. A few World Series. Yeah. yeah. Mets made it to the finals one year, didn't they? When Jordan was retired. Uh, no. That. Oh yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Ninety five. Yeah. Ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the the feeling in Chicago then was uh, yeah now. Without MJ, okay, yeah, you can you can punch your way to the finals, so that's good. Yeah, the uh, Magic Penny second year, the Magic made it and lost to the Rockets. Right, and then, and then yeah, the next year the Knicks, yeah. mm-hmm. or vice versa, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so uh, I, I guess the question, since since you did go to games and presumably had decent times, uh, so when did baseball hurt you, Brian McGinnis? <laughs> <laughs> I think when I started, because nobody watched basketball in my family hmm. so i think the first time i saw like Shaq, i guess in 92 i was 12 years old i'm guessing right around then or or probably patrick maybe i was watching the knicks when i was like 10 or 11 and i'm like well this is fun because i play basketball with friends i play in front of my house i had a hoop at the school but i never watched it on tv my parents didn't watch it, my brothers didn't watch it so i finally started watching it with friends or just by myself i'm like wait this is so much more fun <laughs> what's going on here uh-huh. you know um, and I think I was just like from that moment on I was they were like want to go to a Mets game tomorrow I was like no <laughs> that garbage is still going on no way uh-huh. um, I just never liked it ever again <laughs> I, just, I, I would say that uh, honestly responding to the question of want to go to the Mets game tomorrow with no is <laughs> probably the most rational decision you've made in your entire life like most Mets fans wish they could say no that. But that was that was when Daryl and everybody was hitting home runs every every day. Yeah. You know? I still I still didn't want to go. I did like seeing the big apple raises go up and down. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll never forget that the first time. And yeah. the one at City Field is even bigger. I guess they decided that moving into the new park that uh, let's make the apple bigger. That's what the fans want. I still call it Shea. I, I always forget that it's City Field. Yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah. I mean, Shea is a much better baseball name than City Field. <laughs> yeah. For that's what. Um, it's, in the, it's not as good as the Smoothie King Arena that the New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> play in, or uh, uh, the the uh, the White Sox play in Guaranteed Rate Field out here. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing baseball fans love, it's mortgage lending. Hooray! And even even better, and and people as soon as they announced the name, did not hesitate to point this out. The logo for Guaranteed Rate is a downward facing red arrow. So. Your ballpark is literally pointing you towards last Bankrupt- place. Bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, it, it's great. interesting that, yeah, you say that, and it's probably right around the time that I can kind of remember, the first time I remember, like, kids I knew in, like, junior high school uh, going off about how they hated baseball and baseball was boring, uh, probably around, like, seventh or eighth grade. So, yeah, probably right around, like, when I was 12 or 13 years old. And it, I remember it just striking me as like such a weird, extreme stance to take. Like, uh, like, sure, I'm, I can understand basketball is great too. I loved watching the NBA as a kid, and obviously we had Jordan, so of yeah, course. You, you had a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, uh, loved going to the old stadium. I still remember one game in particular against the old Bad Boys Pistons, where early on in the game, uh, Chicago fans, one of the things we love to chant is Detroit sucks. Detroit sucks. It's usually a hockey chant, but uh, when <laughs> the basketball rivalry was so big in the late 80s, yeah. uh, that started up with the Bulls, too. And I remember chanting that along with the crowd. And my dad, yeah. you know, hearing his eight-year-old kid at the time chanting, Detroit sucks, told me, hey, uh, no, no, we're not doing that. Knock that so off. You had, you had the same voice when you were eight also. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I still had the James Earl Jones voice of authority. <laughs> Very jarring eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> the one constant through all the years, Ray. Baseball. That's why I'm a baseball fan, really, is because I can do the Field of Dreams monologue for verbatim. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wish I wish I remember my first like moment that where I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to watch baseball ever again. And when when the basketball started, it was really when like, the reason reason why I like Penny Hardaway so is why I like so much because I started watching Shaq, and then he was obviously drafted the next year, so I was watching the Magic already. And then when I saw Penny, I was just like, ah, like fucking butterflies and hearts ever, ever, ever since, you know? Whitney Houston um, started playing in the soundtrack. It was glorious. Totally. Yeah. Totally, yeah. So. yeah. 
Uh, so it, 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 my story has has an ending too because later on in that game, uh, there was a big fight. I, I think back it might have been when Rodman was on the Pistons in the late eighties in basketball. There yeah, was a big fight, yeah, right? Uh, with the, the, <laughs> the Pistons, Bill Lambeer. What? No. <laughs> uh, but I think it started with like Rodman slamming Scottie Pippen to the ground, and then there was just a big brawl on the court. And I remember Doug Collins when he was coaching the Bulls, like went flying across the scorers' table trying to break it up. Yeah. But like it got everybody just in the old stadium riled up and on their feet and screaming. And then I noticed my dad next to me just on his feet screaming at full volume, Detroit sucks! Yes. Detroit sucks! Come on, kid. Valuable lesson that night. That's the best. What a great story. I love that. Uh, but yeah, so, so I was you know, a, a big basketball fan at that time, too. Yeah. And I remember... Like just the sense of a couple kids in in my grade going, oh, man, why would you want to watch baseball? It's so slow. It's so boring. Uh, the the NBA is so much better. And I remember thinking, why do I have to choose for one yeah, thing? Because right. I like them both. And then, it, but it was also like to me, well, almost like an alien thought. Like, how could anyone not mm-hmm. like this? Because I can't imagine a moment in my life where I didn't just adore watching baseball with, with yeah, every yeah. of me. So yeah, yeah. I, I understand definitely the complaints uh, and, and I know it's, it's a slow game with lots of pauses, but uh, there is still a part of me that's like, even understanding that I still don't quite understand if that makes yeah. sense. And you know, what's even funnier, like say, saying, if you go back and watch eighties or nineties basketball, it's rough. It's brutal to watch compared to today. It's not even oh, the yeah. same game. Yeah. It's not even the same game. Like teams average 120 a game. They were averaging like 95 a game back then. And just in 20 years, it's changed so much. Yeah. Uh, 20, 30 years. So it's funny to even say, oh, it's so much faster. It's like back then, it's like, yikes. <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different sport compared to now, you know? Yeah. Like, they average like two, three pointers a game. You know, the, the Rockets shoot 57 threes a game nowadays. Jesus. So it's a, it's a completely different game. So yeah. does that make it? Uh, then kind of even more amazing when you think about what the game was back in the 80s and 90s. <clears throat> you would have to be like Jordan, who would occasionally just go off and score 55 or 60 points in a given on game. Twos. On twos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because it, it, the other day I was watching the sequence. I forget what game it was. And there was just there's three-pointer, three-pointer. It was like 12 threes in a row from both teams. A lot of them were missing missing the shots. And it's like and it was the first time I was like, this is getting a little boring. Mm. Like nobody's playing basketball anymore. Yeah. They're just jacking up threes, they're running down the court and jacking up a three. And it's like no one's just doing anything cool anymore, you know? Like you see the like basketball is the most a- a- athletic sport. Yeah. Uh, I, I think by far too. Oh yeah. Know, as far as as far as what these guys can do. Westbrook and of course Kobe and people like that. LeBron, I get it. You're an athlete, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I hate LeBron. But um but you know what? Not not as much anymore though. I'm gonna try to turn over a new leaf. Yeah, uh, Kobe kind of passed the torch to him in his last tweet, didn't he? With that, so I'm trying to give him a give him a break. Um, <laughs> but if he wins, but if he wins again, I'll be so mad. I'll get <laughs> um, but what but wins like, and immediately like dedicated to Kobe? What what do you do then? I mean, they're going to the and they have to win this year because yeah. of that. Yeah, but I hope he loses again in the finals. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's like it, it's a completely different game. That's why I love Westbrook so much because Westbrook's an out of control maniac. Mm. He, I've never seen anybody as competitive as Kobe. Then it's it, it, it's Westbrook, you know. He's so fast, so athletic. So he's he's a freak, horrible shooter, and it's completely out of control most of the time. But he's fun as hell to watch, mm. you know. But he's play. He's trying to. He's driving to the rim. He's doing things like that. A lot of teams are just jacking up threes, you know. Like Harden himself is like he was like one for twenty one the other day. Hmm. It's like, when, when do you stop shooting the three? You're one for 21 yeah. so they, in they, one they game. Keep going. Assume it's, that someone is going to fall in. Yeah, it usually does with him, but it's crazy that he get that. He, he's that good. He'll be like, hey, I'm just going to keep doing it anyway. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if you keep like, I wish I was that good at my job. Yeah. Just like, no one's going to say anything. I had to keep doing it, whatever. Yeah. So that, that, if, if you can grow an impressive beard, I think you can hide anything really. Yeah. How has baseball changed in 20 years or 30 it, it's, years? It's, I, I like, it's it seems you, from the out, from the outside, it seems exactly the same. Yeah. And it, it's actually not at all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
And a lot of what baseball is dealing with is kind of its own version of what you just described with the NBA, because players now are so much, so much stronger uh, and so much more athletically skilled, like all of them. So what you have, they figure out a way that most pitchers in the game now throw at least like 95 miles an hour. Like back when we were, we were kids and you were growing up and going to Mets games in the eighties, like well, you could. had maybe Doc Gooden who could hit mid 95 and that would be it for the entire staff. So now you have an entire pitching staff of guys who oh, can okay. do that. So now strikeouts are beyond what anyone ever expected. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. To design a baseball. Yeah. It's because every pitcher out there just can throw it by guys. Uh, and consequently <laughs> because of that, you have hitters now uh, that instead of putting together rallies based on a bunch of singles, because that's something that was more possible when you didn't have got every pitcher in the staff throwing 95, yeah. uh, most hitters now swing to put the ball in the air all the time, try to lift it and try to hit home runs uh, as much as they can. And then with the juiced ball this year, uh, that meant that home run totals are like unimaginable. Um, I saw some stat where it's I, like, I saw some stats like they're up like seven thousand percent. It's like yeah, what? It, it was, it's completely insane. But that's yeah. the most efficient way of scoring now because pitchers are able to throw it by so many guys. It's just to kind of keep swinging for home runs, keep putting it in the air, and then eventually you're going to connect in just the right way, similar to what you were describing with Harden with the three point shot, and it's yeah. going to go over the fence. So baseball is kind of uh, like basketball, kind of been diluted into a lot more of its most exciting plays, home runs yeah. and strikeouts. But because of that, both of them kind of lose their luster because they're happening so often and there's not as many balls in play anymore. So you don't have a lot of the actual athleticism that takes place on the field when the ball is in play guys stretching out doubles into triples or uh, an amazing relay from right field cannon arm goes to the cutoff man and cuts a guy down to the plate just as he's about to slide in. <coughs> And those plays still happen, but it's it's much rarer now. So it's it's gotcha. taking a lot of like the the dynamic action out of baseball because there is, believe it or not, a lot of it mm. in it. Uh, I don't believe it. Yeah, I mean the the, the top ten on sports center is always like when they show the baseball highlights. I'm like, come on, <laughs> that's not. He just caught it. It's fine. You're you're not <laughs> impressed by by Mike Trout leaping Never. over eight foot fence to steal a home run at the very. Last possible second? Not, never, not a, never, because I see Zion jumping 12 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's way more exciting. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Um, that, that's interesting, though, that it's it's like, it's either a home run or nothing. Yeah. Where NBA is like three or nothing. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it, yeah. I, it, it makes sense that I guess most sports would kind of evolve that because, as, evolve. as I say, it's, 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 you're, reacting to your most exciting play, the one that gets fans most into it. So you yeah. figure, let's just give them more of what they want. And it's also the one that's most effective for scoring in, in both leagues. But as, as I said before, that if you just kind of keep giving you nothing but cotton candy over and over and over again, eventually the league gets diabetes, which is yep. a, a terrible metaphor, but that's where I ended up. So <laughs> deal big, with it. Big, big league chew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was delightful. Loved it. As ah, a that was my favorite, man. Yeah. Grape. <laughs> Watermelon. So good. Back in the days when you could say, yeah, let's market some bubble gum to kids. So let's make it in the exact same shape as chewing tobacco. So good. It's fun. That stuff, it, it, you just shove it in your mouth. It would yeah. taste so good. It would taste so good for like seven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> then it would lose it. Then you either get a toothache or just lose its like gumminess, you know? Yeah. Make every kid look like John Cruck, which was yes. just. Yes. Yeah. Just, I remember him. Yes. Do, so yeah. uh, I guess since we're we're bookending our Super Bowl show with basketball talk, uh, uh, so you're you're going Chiefs in the big game? I think so. I, I've been wrong the entire season. So if you, if you are if people are betting on this, don't listen to me. But mm-hmm. I do think I think it I think it might be a blowout to be honest because I feel like Chiefs. You know, it's Mahomes' first time. Obviously, he's what is he? Seventeen years old. He's going to be a lot more times, but <laughs> I think I think they can come out really excited. They know what they have in him. Yeah, uh, and Garoppolo is fine as a quarterback, and I think and you need you kind of need that now um, because because he's so good at getting around defenses. 
the Niners defense might be diluted a bit. Mm. And we'll see. I could, I could yeah. be totally wrong. <laughs> Hope I am. Yeah, I think uh, with the Super Bowl, I'm going to go with my general rule for sports, which is always go against the team whose fans do a racist chant. So, yeah, I can, oh, it's weird. Weird they still do that. Yeah. At least yeah. at least a name is technically OK. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Chiefs are, you know. Yeah, it's presumably it's a title of honor, I suppose. So, yeah. oh, your your favorite part of the game, though. Halftime show. Yeah. Got our Shakira yeah. going on. I got our J-Lo going on. Yeah. It's, hey, she's uh, my number one. She, tops, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. There's a part of me that would like to see like Andy Reid get called on the field to duet on "Hips Don't Lie" just to well, just for the spectacle of it. But, uh, but yeah, I already, I already saw they're doing a Kobe tribute. It, you yeah. pretty much have to at this point, right? I so know. That, yeah, it's too close. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Let's see what they yeah. do. It's, yeah. it's so funny. Like it's like a, tw- it's like. It's so quick their performance. I remember Springsteen didn't want to get off or something like that. Right. That's was, no, I'm I'm I'm, do. I'm doing thirty minutes. Like no, dickhead. You only have like eighteen. Like we have to. <laughs> we're playing a game. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three. Keeps that's, going. These people aren't here to see me. What? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, when it comes to be... shows, it's it's all to to me, and I think to most people, it's still at this point, it's all compared to Prince. I mean, that's that's the standard. We watched that together. Right? You went nuts. Yeah. You, 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 we watched it. You were over my place, uh, right? Timberlake tried tried the Prince tribute. Yeah, when his family explicitly oh, told him, please don't make this part of your show, and he did it anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that, that kind of bothered me. But I'm talking about the, the actual Prince halftime I'm show. sorry, yeah. I, I'm not thinking of Timberlake. My, yeah. my Prince. Sorry. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and I remember as a Prince fan watching that, just thinking, okay, is this going to be like every other halftime show where you just kind of sleepwalk through three greatest hits and then collect whatever royalties you do at the end, or is this, or is he going to care? Uh, and there was a signal that you knew this meant something to him. He started with let's go crazy because of course you do. But right after that, he segued into baby. I'm a star, which is not, I mean, it was kind of a hit, but it's not super well known off of purple rain. And so once he started that, it's like, oh, no, this he's treating this like it's a real show. This this could be something. And yeah, from like the next 10 minutes, like, oh, man, yeah, you're putting on the full prints for them. And are, uh, are, are you a commercial guy, too, for the Super Bowl? I, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to be. But it's so dumb. Yeah, I can't really remember the last time a Super Bowl commercial actually made me laugh. Yeah. So I, I've done one ever in my voiceover career it's all fun. i i i need an audition for one this year it's all celebrities doing it of course every commercial is a fucking celebrity i yeah. did a i did an eminem radio commercial years ago nice uh, I didn't know that. yeah it was fun but it was like it's all celebrities now right it drives me crazy well i mean super bowl commercials are now all about who can get people talking the most so yeah if you pull like a willem defoe doing rap or some bullshit that's right. What's going to get people noticing you? So, or, or that nationwide dead baby commercial. <laughs> Remember that, like six years ago, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, God, that was, <laughs> and and it they led up to it as like this is just like a normal kid talking, and then all of a sudden, and I'm oh, dead. Oh, oh okay. And get insurance. Yeah. You ever, when you were recording the Robotussin commercial, wanted to try like one that just ends in a completely dark place like that? <laughs> well, I thought it. W- it was so funny about that because when I I remember reading that audition and the last line that the the other guy says the announcer it's like Robitussin because it's never just a cough. <laughs> That's what. It, and when you're just reading that with no context, uh-huh. it's like this got dark. Yeah. Like what the fuck is it if it's not just a cough? <laughs> you no. Know? But Robitussin. if you hear it now, yeah. if you Could hear, be cancer. Yeah. If you hear it now, it's fine. Like, yeah, it's never just a cough, but it's like. Whoa, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> Robitussin there. Yeah. Robitussin, have you had that spot checked out? Because <laughs> it's never just a freckle. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, Brian McGinnis, we have spent an hour and you've had me um, talk football for an hour. I think that's a, yeah, a miracle, man. I, 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 I thought back to my uh, my baseball days. Yeah. Is there yeah. anything else you'd like to plug while I got you on here? Check out uh, the podcast, Playable Characters. If you like video games, or if you don't, it's very funny and improvised and ad lib, and it's super fun and ridiculous every week. And uh, just follow me, laugh at Brian at yes. Twitter. 
on Twitter and Instagram. And it's been a pleasure having you, man. Thanks a lot for doing it. Hey, love you, man.